Welcome to another episode of Completely Cricket Podcast, hosted by Avinash Adarsan, myself and Zaid Ahmed. Today we have an IPL weekly roundup, which does include the highly controversial no-ball incident in the Rajasthan Royals versus Delhi Capitals match, and more Butler centuries. I don't know how when he's going to stop scoring centuries, but this season is going to be crazy with him. After that, we'll be doing something new. We'll be reviewing and rating the performances of the top 10 most expensive signings in the 2022 IPL mega auction. It's been it's sort of the middle of the season, so I think it's the right time just to do a review of them. And there have been a big difference in performances. Some have performed horribly, some performed actually really well. These two segments of the episode will be separate videos on YouTube. If you do enjoy the Completely Cricket podcast and the content that we publish, please do check out our website and also like, subscribe and share this video. It really does help us. Without further ado, let's get started. So I think we'll start with IPL standings. It's actually sort of solidified now. I think the, the top four has become more cemented and then now there's not really like a, a group of like five, six teams on the same score. But um, top four at the moment, there's Gujarat Titans in first, Sunrisers Hyderabad in second, Rajasthan Royals in third, uh, Lucknow Super Giants in fourth. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty much the top four. With RCB are close behind, um, drawing the same amount of points with Lucknow Super Giants, just behind on net run rate by quite a bit. And then DC, um, DC, KKR make up the and uh, sorry, Punjab, uh, Punjab Kings make up like the middle table. And then at the bottom, you've got pretty far away, uh, Chennai Super Kings and Mumbai Indians on four and zero points, respectively. Mumbai Indians still haven't won a single match, lost their first eight. The chances of qualifying are pretty dead, I think it's pretty safe to say that their chance of qualifying dead. We'll talk about them in a bit later. Let's just start with the top of the table. So Sunrise is Hyderabad. We did talk about them and their like renewal as such, you know, losing the first two games, then winning the rest on the spot. Um, would you say say that um, anything's changed or do you think it's just the same winning formula that's continuing them and made sure that they're second in the IPL table this week? I think sort of in the IPL, especially in a huge problem like this, you might lose maybe a couple of games at the start, three games, whatever. Like This happened to Sunrise. They lost the first two games. But then I think Sunrise, they've done really well I like learning from those first two games and then uh, applying what they learn into their next few games. And then uh, they've shown the results. You know, a team like uh, Chennai, they, they took quite a while to get their first win. And they did eventually. But the, the, like, the best teams for me are the teams that maybe lose a couple. Obviously, the ideal situation is when you're just winning everything. You know, like Gujarat Titans are doing really well. But I think um, the best teams, they lose a couple games and then learn from those and then they, they start thrashing teams, which is what Sunrise are doing. So for me, I just think it's just they've learned from those first two games pretty quickly and then they're able to apply them in the next five, which they won on the trot. Yeah, I think the special thing for me about Sunrise is the fact that they're not winning, they're not scraping through the victories. All of them, they're like, uh, they're, they're chasing down totals with eight wickets spare, seven wickets spare, which is pretty big, you know, so with the quality of bowling that they're facing, it's just really impressive. And another thing is that there's quite a team effort. It's not like an individual's, they obviously have selected batters, such as Abhishek Sharma and um, Kane Williamson has been doing decently, but there's, but it's not like a specific group of players. It's just generally the team performing really well. I think on the contrary, you've got Rajasthan Royals, you know, who are thankful that they have uh, Joss Butler and they've managed to retain him because he is the top scorer in the IPL by a huge distance. And it's been, it's been it's shrunk recently because of Carol Hall's um, century, but it's still, he's way out in front and he is just on fire scoring um, loads and loads of runs. And he showed that, he showed that um, this week with uh, Rajasthan Royals versus Delhi Capitals. Uh, uh, there was a Butler century of 60 balls and um, Delhi Capital sort of fell apart. 
But like, what do you think really makes Butler stand out? What is that? What gives him that special edge over bowlers and over other batters in general in the IPL this season? I think it's more like he's he's batting much more maturely. You know, like a few years ago, we would be thinking about uh, as Butler, like someone like who hits the ball really hard and he still goes for it. Which yes, it used to be when he used to be middle order batsman, but in the last few years, when you when you start opening the batting, I think that's really added to. Uh, like the way he's just matured really as a batsman, you know, his his, his hundreds this season, they, they haven't been that quick. They've been like, oh, like 55, 65 balls, which is, that's still uh, a decent, decent amount of time, but it's not like the quickest you're ever going to see. You know, we, we, uh, the, the quickest players will get it in 40, 50 balls. So I think Butler, he's playing much more maturely. He's changed his gears uh, very well. So I just think he he's, as soon as he, um, when when he was moved to open the batting in wherever he plays, I just think that's helped him to just gain uh, another like view of cricket and uh, just gain that matureness in his batting, which he's clearly implementing this this IPL season. Yeah, no, I I agree. I just think also the cleanness of his shots. You know, it's generally he's not a typical batsman to edge it. Yeah, maybe the first few balls he might be looked you know very uncomfortable, but that's just generally in the IPL and generally batters in general in a T Twenty match won't be able to freely. Um, freely swing their bat at the start and it might look they might look uncomfortable but after that Josh Butler just doesn't look like he's going to get out and there's just no way of stopping him and I think that's what teams every team so far that he's faced if they get him out quickly and cheaply then they pretty much guaranteed won the match but if they don't get him out then they've just pretty much known they're going to lose and they, they haven't been able to do anything I just want to pick up on the changing gears part I think a lot of his 50s as well so if he scores a century his 50 has been off quite slowly, you know, 40 balls, 35 balls. And then he suddenly manages to pick up gear, which is just really impressive. You know, like there's no need to go fast. You know, he's normally the, the Russian Royals generally go like eight, nine r- runs and over at the start. And then they pick it up and increase it to, you know, 11, 12, which is just really impressive. And I think that's something that's key to Butler's batting. And if he can show that form on the international stage, I think no one will be able to stop him. I don't know. There's just no bowler in the world who's just going to be happy facing him, you know. Uh, that wasn't the um, you know only key incident in the uh, Delhi Capitals versus Rajasthan Royals match. We we'll talk about the no ball incident in a second. But um, uh, th- th- do you think that with Delhi Capitals they've sort of been like a bit part team? I think you know they've had some games where they've really been dominant. You know with scoring loads of runs and just completely suppressing teams. Other games they just sort of collapsed. This do you think they their hopes of um, you know hopes of qualifying for the top four and potentially winning the IPL? rest on the current crop of players or do you think they might need to make a couple of changes in terms of what in terms of players they already have in their squad because obviously they can't get any new players it, it, it's a difficult one i just feel that delhi capitals they just sort of really like this year you know, every time i look at a team and i compare it to something like rajasthan rules or even a team like chennai you know, they, they're pretty strong they just have players out of form but a team like we rajasthan rules or gujarat titans when i compare it it just looks Delhi Capitals, they just look a bit weak. And I just think they might, I just don't think they've got enough players that, you know, like may, it might just been the auction they didn't do properly. Like, I just think it just, I don't think there's any change you can really make. It just might just have to be your players that they have in the team. They just got to shake them up, really, because I don't think they're really going to be able to qualify with with uh, the current the current form that they're going, the current team, because this is just like, even with like No Balance that we've been talking about, that was really just poor, poor from the team. That's just, you can't really do that. And it's just like, I just really think that Delhi Capital is just looking really like this year. And I think looking to the future, they've got they've got to get some new players or at least try some of their 
players on the sideline, maybe some young Indian talents, you know, loads of other teams are doing that. Maybe if Delhi Capitals try that, then they can find maybe, you know, Gaikwad, he just came out of nowhere a couple of years ago. You know, Mukesh Chowdhury is doing well, you know, other teams, other players, Abhishek Sharma. So I think just Delhi Capitals, we need to um, shape their current players and then maybe try some some of their other players in the sidelines. Yeah, because obviously in the middle of the season, there's not much you can do. But I'm just looking at the points table and there's four points gap between um, fifth place RCB and um, sixth place Delhi Capitals. And the there is only one match difference between them. So Delhi, even if Delhi Capitals win the next match, there will be two points still from RCB. And if RCB, for example, continue winning or win a lot of their matches, it's, it's going to be difficult to um, progress to the top four. However, they do have their net run rate on their side. Due to a lot of their dominant wins, uh, they... Um, actually have a net run rate of uh, plus 0.715 compared to um, uh, RCB's minus 0.472. So they've got a, quite a substantial net run rate. So that could, uh, that could really benefit them. And, you know, if, if anything is going to push them into, into the um, top four, I think that's, that is going to, um, uh, that's going to, that's the one thing that's going to help. I think an example as well um, of uh, Delhi Capital's hard hitting and their dominance in a match is, um, uh, Punjab Kings versus Delhi Capitals uh, where Punjab Kings were steamrolled for 115 all outs and Delhi Capitals chased and something like 11 overs thanks to um, some David Warner batting as well you know something we haven't seen in a while good um, good runs from him I think he scored a 50 uh, see we talked about Delhi Capitals and their, uh, and their you know the fact that they haven't really been able to um, dominate in any of the matches they've dominated in one but the next match it just looks like it's shambles and they haven't really been able to stitch up big partnerships Punjab Kings are pretty similar, but if not worse, but they're the reason why they're um they're like you know they're I think they're seventh at the moment or eighth, and it's not really because they haven't been able to pick partnerships. It's more like their it's their approach in general to batting and the players they've got. A lot most of their players are pretty much hard hitting players, and it's been like that for the last few seasons. And you've got players like Liam Livingston who, who is very good, but isn't the most consistent due to the nature of his batting, which is very hard hitting, you know, take on the bowlers, score quick, score uh, rapidly. Um, do you think that, uh, that, the, that they're, by the time they realise they're losing uh, wickets like quickly, there's just no hope because they haven't got enough batsmen left? Or do you think that it's just more like, you know, batsmen out of form? Or, or is, it, is it really the mentality and the um, group of players? Or is it the fact that they're just out of form? I mean, you know, I, someone who springs to mind to me in their team is currently Johnny Bairstow. Like, he has not at all. I, I, I can't remember him getting the last time he got a double-figure score, Raymond. Like, he's, he's just not been looking good in this IPO. We all know he can bat. Yeah, we've seen him for England. He's a very good batsman. But this season, he's just not looked good. And I just feel like Punjab Kings, uh, every single match, they're thinking, um, yeah, Johnny is good. Let's just put him in the team. He's a good keeper. He's a good batsman. And then he doesn't do well. And then they're like, yeah, yeah, let's just try him again. And they keep doing that, and then they're at that stage now where they're struggling, really. Like, I think Johnny Bester, they, he might be a contender to maybe make an exit in the team for a couple matches because that's just not good enough, right? You're an overseas player. You've got to at least make one good performance, at least um, get a couple of good performances in. But Johnny Bester's really struggled, so might just be giving him a rest. But I just think, yeah, as you said, it's a hard-hitting um, batting lineup, but... It's just, maybe they just, I just think they have to balance it out. Maybe in the next auction or whatever, when they next pick their 11, they've just got to balance it out with players who can play solid and keep keep the score ticking and just um, be there for a long time, uh, as opposed to like players who can, someone like Liam Livingston, who will go hard. They just need to balance that out, I feel. 
Yeah, if you look at like the best teams in the IPL, such as like Gujarat Titans, for example, we haven't really mentioned, but they, you know, must get full credit for their like absolute stunning performances. You know, they they have the perfect balance of um, um, attacking batsmen, you know, staying in type of players, and they've just got a complete lineup and bowling wise, all sorted as well. Uh, Punjab Kings, if they had someone typical like a sort of like a Kane Williamson style batsman, maybe Shreyas Ayer could be a solution. Virat Kohli at his prime. We will talk about Virat Kohli in a bit, but. Um, those type of players who don't score too quickly, but can ramp up if necessary and just keep the scoreboard ticking. You're sort of rock. We talk about like a rock type of batsman in test cricket and maybe ODI cricket. But in T20 cricket, it's equally or as if not even more important, I think, because realistically in a T20, it's either you, there are three types of things. You either score huge and you know, everyone, it clicks for everyone or you don't score whatsoever and it just completely crumples. But then realistically, the best teams sort of get the middle where they can go to the top and score really quickly. But generally, they they score those like 160, 170, 180s regularly in every match because they've got such a solid batting order. And something that's something that uh, Punjab Kings have to look at next year because they just don't have that type of player who could just stay in the entire time. And that's really costing them. And we've seen with Sunrisers and the pressure they've had, they've got a, a perfect, a pretty good balance as well. You need to have someone who can stay in, otherwise you're not going to win matches. Because if you get steamrolled for 115 all out, your net run rate is going to get completely wrecked. And also, you're just going to lose matches that realistically you could have won. DC aren't exactly the scariest team to face. You know, if you're facing Gujarat Titans, it's, it's all makes sense. But DC ha- themselves are low on confidence, so they're not going to be winning regularly. So I think um, overall, I think it's just pa- pa- Punjab Kings need a type of batsman who can just stay in. And if they have that batsman, I think with the rest of their batting order and their bowling looking pretty good, they could still, you know, they could challenge for a top four place. But without that, they're just, it's a big hole, you know, with two, two good batsmen who can just stay in. And I think without that, they're just going to really struggle. Uh, I did mention David Warner's 50. Do you think it's a chance for a David Warner resurgence? You know, we've seen him like completely dominate the IPL like years and years before. This season hasn't really been as good, nowhere near as good, to be fair. You know, he hasn't scored many significant runs. And uh, I'll sort of like his um, counterpart, Aaron Finch, you know, both Australian teammates that hasn't really scored except for recently with both have scored 50s. Do you think David Warner is looking like he could make a comeback or do you think it's just more of like a one-time innings and he won't be able to sustain that for the rest of the IPL? We talked about uh, Aaron Finch last time, and yeah, I think with David Warner, he, I think in the whole IPL, like he hasn't scored big runs, but I think he's looked pretty good. You know, with Pritvi Shaw at, at the top, like they both looked pretty good, and they just they've got starts, and then they often just get out. And I think David Warner, he just he just got to uh, get back into it, and just as he's done, he got fifty. If he just keeps going back into it, because he's gained plenty of starts, he just it would be great if he could just continue on the flow and. Big score, big runs, which you've seen him do like loads in one day cricket and T20 cricket. So, uh, and he been in the IPL like years ago. So, I just think if he if he can just uh just keep batting and just stay there, you know, like as as we talked about Josh Butler, you don't need to uh score your you don't need to your first fifty runs. You don't need to score them that quickly because if you've scored fifty runs, you're clearly in good nick. So you can continue on as Butler has done. You know, you can continue on and up the run rate. So David Warner, maybe he can try. Uh, something like Butler, take his time a bit more. And then once he gets to a decent, you know, 30, 40, then he can up the up the ante and get a move on. Yeah, no, that, I think that makes sense. It just, obviously, realistically, when you're struggling for runs, you can't, you know, there's no point in just going and trying to slog it because it's not going to give you that confidence. You need to be able to play the shots you know, get bat on ball comfortably. And even if you start slow, there's always the opportunity to increase it, the run rate in um, T20 cricket. And that's like something that's special about T20 cricket. 
Anyway, I think we'll move on to another match um, that was really important this week. Mumbai Indians versus Chennai Super Kings. Bottom of the table clash. Um, Chennai Super Kings ninth, Mumbai Indians 10th. I think a lot of Mumbai Indian fans, including myself, were sort of expecting a reaction. You know, this is a trademark game, and this is a game between two, you know, former IPL greats. Not really. Well, obviously, they still are very great teams, but they haven't performed whatsoever to any of the standards expected by this season. And uh, in the end, it was CSK were the winners, and that was primarily due to uh, MS Dhoni trademark finishing. 17 runs from five overs needed, and he was stunning. And it was beautiful. And for MI fans, it would have cra- it would have crushed their hearts. But it was some good batting, and it was you know it was just a classic M- MS Tony. How long does MS Tony have left in him? Because I think at the start of the season there are a lot of doubters. You're thinking you know, there's a bit of nostalgia, a bit of you know a typical you know Chennai Super Kings just picking him because you know that he's that he's been a figurehead of CSK for ages. How long do you think uh, MS Tony realistically has in him in the IPL? How long do you think he can continue going and winning matches for them and actually being having a good impact in in their performances for me i just think it really comes down to what he wants because like Dhoni, he he he's got like the the mental side of it you know, that he's he's got the mind to be able to go on for ages you know, he, he i'm sure like he has the uh physique to be able to go on for ages like we we see him time and time again we everyone questions him at the end of IPL at the beginning of the IPL season uh, once an IPL season finishes and then we see him still do well and that's what's happened this season he's done pretty well you know he's He's doing his job of a finisher. Like we've seen him for many, many years now. He's literally called the finisher. So I think for me, it just, it just, it's just down to what he wants. Right? You know, like a lot of people would have said last year when Chennai won the IPL, and then a lot of people said maybe that's the right time for Dhoni to uh, finish off his career. But clearly not. Maybe he still thinks he's got a couple of years left in him. I just think him playing this year is just a sign that he wants to keep going for at least one or two years more. So. I just think it just really comes down to what he wants and what he feels is best for him. Yeah, I think that's fair. But if we put the timeline on it, I think probably he could probably do um, maybe two more seasons after this, but I think that's probably a push. Maybe one more season after this. I don't if he if he bows out after this season. You can't blame him for this season. I think it, you know, he did give up the captaincy. He has been doing his part of the role. His run, um, his stri- uh, strike rate, especially this season, has really impressed me because during last season wasn't the best strike rate. Uh, I think he was scoring too slowly, wasn't really doing his role. This season has been a lot better. Uh, I think two years. Uh, this season, maybe next season, is probably it. I think realistically, you can't can't expect him to play forever. You know, you, as a batsman, batter, especially in IPL, he's not playing international cricket. He has more time to train, but also, you know, there comes a point where cricketers sort of lost that you know hunger to c- keep playing. You know, there's not really much left to achieve. And if if they can win the IPL next season, I think that's the best way to go out. In terms of Mumbai Indians, their batting woes still continue. It's not. It doesn't look like it's stopped. It's been eight matches, and each each of those eight matches has been. Um, losses and a lot of the eight matches have just been under par totals, you know, 150, 60s. This is the IPL, you know, a lot of the pitches are perfect for smashing, it's perfect for scoring 200 plus. Yet we haven't seen that from Mumbai Indians. Also, do you think that I think there's been um, quite a bit of a lack of, uh, in terms of bowling, a lack of responsibility in terms of like this last over, 17 from six was needed, I think it was, or 18 from six. And I think it was, it was an ad cap bowling. I think it was an ad cap bowling. Yeah. Yeah, and he managed to land 17 runs from or 18 runs from six balls. You know, what is what is going on with the Mumbai Indians? Say, like, why? How can a, a bowler, an experienced bowler like Anadka, who's played loads of T20s and played in the IPL, how can he let you know 18 runs in an over and just look clueless? 
do you think a specific element to his bowling or the, the the selection of what balls he bowled that could have influenced it? Or what do you think? What, what do you think the issue is in terms of you know it, it, um, the bowling of Mumbai's bowling and death overs? I just think it's like you lose matches, you keep losing matches, and then you just lost it. You can't like it, it, they're probably going through some mental. It, it, it's tough, you know. Like not everyone is. Everyone's trying, obviously. Like they want to win, but. It's, I think like they, they they just had enough really. It's just eight matches. You've lost all of them, and it's just really difficult on MI. But it's just right. Like I've never been an MI fan, but it's just getting boring for me now. I, I, it's just not good enough. And Mumbai, they've they've. I mean, they just got to get through the season. I think I think mathematically, I don't think they can win anymore. I, I don't. There's just been some stuff about it, but it, 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 let's face it, they're not going to qualify this year. They've got to look at. They've just got to look at next year now. Really, they've just got. Look at um who can play next year for them. They've got to try get uh, players like Rohit Sharma back into form. And they, they can't. There's no point looking at this year. They've just got to keep going and look for next year because like I, I I'm just I'm just speechless really. Like how can you lose eight out of eight uh, matches? Mm, I know, and it's sort of looking like you know I think the mi- minimum the least points in a season was four. I think it was at two wins. I don't even think Mumbai are going to beat that. It's just, it's just looking like they're not going to, they're going to win maximum two games in the season. And I think it's just a general all round is not bad performances. So in terms of, we talked about the lack of quality in the bowling, they have made changes, but those changes haven't been better really. They've been the same or worse. They've taken out Timal Mills, which I think, you know, was a good decision in a way, you know, just keep him from, keep him, give him some time to work on his plans and stuff and bring in other people. They brought in people like Daniel Sams, who's been okay. Riley Meredith, not really. Like, just generally not like an express fast pace bowler who can do really well. And I think they did buy Joffre Archer for eight crore, but he can't play this season. And, you know, to be fair, his future is looking really uncertain. He might not be able to play next season because of his injuries that he's been having. So it's just generally lack of planning for this season. They were looking too much into the future, I think. In the batting, you could say a lack of match-winning partnerships. Have there been a real? Do you think have you seen a significant partnership this season in uh, for Mumbai in the IPL, Dave? And and do you think you will see another a, part, a significant partnership like seventy-five plus between any two batters? I, I haven't seen anything like even if it's been a decent partnership, it, it's never looked good. No one's ever looked comf- comfortable. It's just it's just not been at their best today. I think at Mumbai they've just got to get through the season and look look for next year. I just think. I'm not really sure we're ever going to see one this season. Maybe, you know, someone like... If, if Daryl Brevis, for example, comes together with uh, Sukhum and Yadav, they both look pretty decent. And, like, the, um, they, they could perform a good partnership. But it's just like Mumbai, they've got players. They've got everything they need. It's just they're, they're not performing. And now they're in that stage now where it's just it's just in their head now. They can't... It's just like, how do you get, how do you get past a, a eight losses? Is really difficult. Yeah, 100%. Lack of confidence will be 100% affecting them. Anyway, I think we'll quickly move on to um, talk about RCB versus SRH. We have talked about SRH's, you know, revelation, complete change around of their performances and the style of the play that they've been, the, the performances that they've been putting through and the dominance of their games. Uh, this one was just, um, this one was just ridiculous because uh, I just, I just think RCB is so much better than that. I think it was like 68 all out or something. The fourth all-time lowest score in the IPL and SRH chasing that down with, um, I think they chased it down in uh, nine overs or something like that. So they had a super, much superior run rate. And, and that's, that's just generally, that's just generally the way that um, SRH have been doing. I just want to pick on a specific player just because I think it's really important to talk about it. Virat Kohli, 
I don't think anyone really knows what's going on with him. You know, he's barely scored anything significant. I think he did score like a 40 or 50. But like David Warner, Aaron Finch, he just hasn't been up to levels that we expect. With Virat Kohli, considering this is Indian conditions, which he should be used to, re- relatively used to, and, you know, this is some a platform where he's done really well in few, in, uh, in past. Is he just going through a bad patch that's just been really long, you know, a year or two now? Or is there more to it? Do you think there's like actual ability-wise, it's sort of gone down, he's sort of coming towards the end of his career now? I mean, I don't think he's at the end of his career. You know, he's still got plenty of years in him. But I just think um, a, a few years, a few a few days ago, I saw on social media there was uh, something about uh, Ravi Shastri, and he was saying that Cody needs to have a break. You know, a few months doesn't matter when it is, but in the next year he's got to have some sort of break because, um, especially India, they want they want to. Con- he's still got um, five six years in him, but uh, India, Ravi Shastri especially, he wants that. Uh, Cody can just have a break now and then maybe after this IPO for example or maybe yeah just after this IPO uh, maybe after the Indy England series whatever but he just needs to have a break and take some time off cricket just for a couple of months so he can just come back refreshed because I just think he's going through a bad pass I don't think I don't think he's at the end of his career definitely I just think he's still got some years he's some years to go I just think he needs to maybe it's just too much going on in his life but I just think um, I, I agree with Robbie Shastri. He's got to have a break uh, sometime soon, and he's got to come back refreshed because we all know he can perform. He's a great player, but he, I just think he's got to have a break. Yeah, I just want to pick up on a couple of things in that. Start off with Ravi Shastri. I, I'm pretty sure Virat Kohli's sort of downfall as such, his bad period, was did go on while Ravi Shastri was, you know, head coach of India. Do you not think Ravi Shastri, if he thinks all this, do you not think he should have just given Virat Kohli a small break, you know, while he was as... um. Uh, as the head coach, just to because obviously, if he thinks that he could have done that, and then that might have like you know made sure his performances uh, post the Ravi Shastri era would have been quite a lot better. Do you think that would have helped? It's an interesting point because like sometimes what we see, I think especially with like coaches or managing staff, they say stuff but they don't actually do any of it. You know, when we saw uh, like uh, when we had Chris Silverwood and uh, Ashley Giles sacked a long time ago. I think it was Ashley Giles we 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 looked at just briefly um just saying we, we saw that um Ashley Giles he made some comment and then I'm not gonna go into detail, but he made some comment and then you know, he never actually did it. So he might just be a little bit of that. I don't know why already. Like it's an interesting one. It's just I just think if Ravi if, if Shastri had did done that, then it, w- it probably would have helped Cody. Like maybe it might have been you just if he if he he could have missed this IPO really, like that was an option. He could have missed this IPO. It wasn't it wasn't going to be in the world if, if, if he misses one IPL or after or whenever, but he, he, he's just got to have a break. I think these days, managing directors, coaches, whatever, they they say stuff, but why are you going to say it if you're not going to do it? They, 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 they've got to like actually do stuff if, if they, because they've got the power to do it. They just need to actually implement whatever they're, they're saying should happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think the last part of the highlight section. Uh, in that same match, Marco Jansen took uh, in one over, I think it was three wickets, and it was a pretty beautiful over. First ball, um, he got uh, Faftu Pazis out with a, a ball that was that looked like it was going to swing in, but actually hit the seam and stayed straight, nipped off stump. That was a beauty delivery, probably my favourite of the IPL so far. And then we had, um, straight after that, getting Virat Kohli out playing um, what seemed like a, a, a drive on the onside, but then it just nicked in, went straight to, I think it was first slip. And then, uh, and then that was two balls and two, two and two. And then the last ball of the over, he did get um, Rawat out, out with another v- very good delivery. Do you think that Marco Jansen's spell was probably the best spell in the IPL so far in this season? 
Or do you think there might have been something better than it? Yeah, I think I think the answer has been amazing. You know, that, that was a great spell there. I just think what we're seeing now in T20 cricket is like a bit more of line and length, like test match bowling. You know, someone like Josh Hazelwood, he does that. And Mark Jansen doing as well. It's just lovely. It's not all, it doesn't all have to be about uh, Yorkers or uh, bouncers or big, big helicopter shots, or whatever. It, it's just like um, line and length, it works. And I think yeah, I think the Tata new ball they the commentators call it. It's, 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 it, you, they've been seeing lots of swing with it. So I think Mark Yancey uses that very well. Um, someone like him, Josh Edwards. But for me, Mark Yancey, that was, that was the best player of the IPL. You know, three with this one over. Just absolutely beautiful ball. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. We do talk about this in our IPL Weekly Roundup um, article on the Complete Cricket um, website. Uh, I'll link that in the um, description of the YouTube video and on um, but podcast platforms will be in the description below. Um, yeah, you can have a look at that. We talk about the the standout performances, including Josh Hazelwood. I think it's four for 20 or four overs, and it was pretty much consistent line length. It was a very good spell from him. Uh, we also talk about Marco Jans in a bit more detail. Uh, let's go on to predictions very quickly. Uh, RCB versus Rajasthan tomorrow, Tuesday 26th. Uh, um, I'm sort of, I, I think most people can say Rajasthan, but I think RCB are probably for me just because I hope they can react and they have reacted to like harsh losses and they reacted well. And if they can stitch up a good partnership and get Josh Butler out early, which is the main key yeah, thing, Josh Butler is the one batsman Rajasthan that just generally looks consistent and he gives them a good platform for the rest to score. So if they get him out early, then RCB are well in chance to win. Uh, who do you think is going to win that match? I think it's going to be Rajasthan Royals really because I think. Even if Josh Butler gets out, yeah, obviously you can say uh, your opponent has got a huge uh, opportunity there to win. But I just think uh, just recently we saw Deb Padikar, he, he had a good innings. Uh, Samson's been looking pretty good. So, yeah, I think some other players are coming up. But I just think overall, I think Rajasthan Royals is just looking better. Fair enough. Uh, Gujarat Titan versus Sunrisers Hyderabad on Wednesday. This is looking like a very good match. You know, Gujarat being top of the table, Sunrisers being second. Honestly, this really, um, for me, depends on whether Sunrisers bowls first or bats first. They've won every match that they've bowled first so far, I think, or at least in the last five matches. they've Every match they've bowled first, they've won. So uh, even though I think it's probably like a 60-40 to Gujarat, however, because Gujarat have just been so dominant, where the bowling first, batting first, you know, the bowling batting has been really good, fielding has been really good, so they've just generally been consistent. I think they have the right balance. So if they can maintain that, then I think Gujarat are uh, going to win this match. Who do you think are gonna, is going to win this match today? I'm going to go with Gujarat Tidings, but having said that, I think if Sunrisers, they choose to bowl first, or they're able to bowl first, I think that Sunrisers, they've got a huge opportunity there to uh, do what they've done for the past five games, which is chasing, which is amazing, which is what they've done. So I think if they bowl first, they've got an excellent chance, but uh, overall, I think I agree with you, 60-40, sort of, I think Gujarat Tidings. Yeah, match 41, Thursday, 20th of April. That is DC, Delhi Capitals versus KKR, which is the Kolkata Knight Riders. Uh, this one, this is tough because it's all like mid-table teams. Kolkata have lost, I think, their last three or four. They're in worst form, so I'm just going to go with DC. Hopefully, you know, with, after a tight game against Rajasthan Royals, where they only lost by, I think, 10 runs, I think they can, they're well more than um, uh, capable of putting a big total. So DC are the winners for me. Who do you think is going to win this one, Zay? Yeah, same. DC, they're both like not looking amazing, really. And but KKR, they've just lost too many on the trot. I think DC, they're just they're in a little bit more confidence than KKR. I think it's got to be DC. Mm. Next one's on Friday is Punjab Kings versus Lucknow Super Giants. 
Lucknow Super Giants, initially my favourites of the season. This is just before the season IPL started. And I still think they could, they have a chance of winning. However, they've sort of become a bit more inconsistent. You know, win one, lose one, win one. So they've got to sort that out. And I think they can easily sort that out against the Punjab Kings team lacking in batting confidence. So uh, I think Lucknow are going to win this one. Who do you think is going to win this match, Said? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Lucknow, definitely. Yeah, Punjab Kings, we talked about them. They just haven't really looked too good. You know, they're, they're, they're a good team, but I think Lucknow overall, they're stronger. You know, like, Quinjali Hawk, he's not looked great, but if he can fire, then they're in a good position. You know, Keller Rahul, he's looked very good. So I think Lucknow are doing better. Cool. Uh, next is Gujarat Titans versus RCB on Saturday, 30th of April. That is going to be an interesting one. Both teams top four, uh, sorry, Rajan, uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore are, um, are fifth. So Gujarat... I think Gujarat are going to win this one. I think, you know, it really depends on whether RCB win the previous match that we're talking about. But I think Gujarat, uh, if we look at, from looking now, Gujarat look like the ones that are going to win. Uh, how about you, Zaid? What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think Gujarat, they, they, they've just looked, they've just looked too good, really. I just think RCB, yeah, they're looking good as well. If they win their previous match, then they've got a decent chance. But Gujarat Titan, they're, they're kind of looking invincible, really, at this point. I just think they're doing really well. Yeah, they've only lost one out of their eight games, which is impressive. Uh, last match we're going to look at predictions is Rajasthan Royals versus Mumbai Indians. Any Mumbai Indian fans, this is not going to be a good match for you, considering the uh, what happened last time with the Joss Butler century. Uh, I st- hope I I would really hope for Mumbai to win, but again, with the form that Joss Butler's in and the the the, shobby, the shabby bowling of them. Mumbai Indians, I think Rajasthan Royals is a guaranteed pretty much. You know, there's going to be memories of the previous match. And so I think um, Rajasthan got a guarantee here. But what do you think, Zaid? Yeah, it's just really just kind of obvious now. Rajasthan, Mumbai Indians, like, I, I kind of want them to win as well. Like, it's just getting a bit boring now. They can't just keep losing. You know, nine out of nine would be devastating. But we've been saying that for a while. It's just, I think it's just Rajasthan, really. Yeah. Okay, we're going to the next segment of the episode. IPL top 10 most expensive signings. Where are they now? It's the middle of the season, so we can get a good idea of how they've performed, you know, see the impact they've had on their team, and do they really justify the price tags that some of them have fetched up? We'll start with number 10, um, Prasid Krishna. Rajasthan Royals bought him for 10 crore. Uh, he was a, for me, I would give him a 6 out of 10. I don't think there was... Um, enough wickets taken by him he has been threatening though opening the bowling you know i've seen some good like back of the length delivery that's his sort of style but for a 10 crore i don't think he's performed up to standards but remember this is like a not just a one-year signing this is like a, a future signing and um i think you know with maybe next year next season or the rest of this season he could perform even better what's your rating for him zaid i've given him a seven out of ten because i just think he's looked pretty dangerous in the power play and as he said he's been he's looked threatening he's been bowling nice back but then he's like roughing up the batsman or just just making them play and they play miss whatever but I think it would be I think it, I would put my rating high if he was able to get like wickets consistently because like I think the power play is the only place he can really bowl properly like anywhere else he's been struggling a little bit so yeah if, if, he, if he can just improve his uh, non-power play bowling you know in the middle of sort of the death then I think I would give him a higher rating mm, see yeah, yeah, I do agree with you. A lot of our ratings here have been like for bowlers, especially, been influenced by wickets and economy is the key things. So the batters have been runs and strike rates also been important. It obviously depends on the position, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, it just it the threatening the issue with threatening is that threatening just means you know you could challenge the batsman. But if you don't produce the results in the end, if you don't take the key wickets, it doesn't really make a difference whether you're threatening or not. You know, and he has gone for uh, he's been relatively consistent with the economy, but I'm not. Yeah, I think there still need to be we need to see more. Number nine was Arvesh Khan. Uh, Lucknow Super Giants bought him up for ten crore, and alongside you know other key players such as. Uh, um, what's his name? Karahu. Uh, they um, Arvish Khan has been actually really good. I think eight out of ten would be a fair rating. Eleven wickets he's taken this IPL, and you know we saw him. He took nothing. He took thirty wickets last IPL. So he was a good. Everyone, I think he was. Everyone was on the market for a type of bowl like him, and he has threatened and he has taken wickets. So he's produced the rewards. So I think eight out of ten is fair. What would you say your rating would be for him? I give him a nine out of ten. You know, I completely agree with you. I just think he's been such an asset for the team. You know. He's, he's consistently picking up wickets and he's been restraining batsmen. And for me, he's kind of like an even more, like sort of an improved version of Prasid Krishna almost. You know, like Prasid Krishna, both these uh, bowlers are very good. You know, bowl, uh, they restrain batsmen well. But I think Prasid Krishna, he's, he's sort of like, uh, sorry, Avish Khan, he's kind of like a improved, like new and improved version of Prasid Krishna, which he obviously, hopefully, uh, Krishna will be hoping for in the next couple of years, couple of seasons, you know. I just think, but I would kind of give him nine out of ten. I just think he's consistently pick up wickets and do really well. Yeah, that's fair. We go on to number eight, which is Lockie Ferguson. Seven point five out of ten for me. See, I I was I think I think it's the fact that he's Yorker against Butler in one of the matches. Um, Gujarat Titans versus Rajasthan Royals, I think it was. Uh, yeah, he um he bought a lovely slow ball Yorker that was just beautiful, and it was the type of you know really high quality delivery that you need to deliver. Uh, to get Butler out. And, you know, that's just something that really sums up his bowling, his high-quality bowler. He has been quite expensive at periods, but he's sort of a bit, you know, in terms of economies, but, you know, certain matches he can do well. Eight wickets this season, not what you'd expect to start being such a fast bowler and, you know, quite a leader of the pace attack of um, the Gujarat Titans, one of the leaders. Uh, however, I still think he's done pretty well. Seven out of five, uh, 7.5 out of 10 is, I think it deserves, uh, is, is pretty fair for him. How about you? What do you think? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Seven and a half out of ten. I think that's pretty fair. You know, all the reasons you said. He's looked good, but he's just been a little, a little bit expensive at times. And also, Bassman played paid like serious pace. Bassman can play them fairly easily these days, especially in like um, T20 cricket, you know, all the formats, you know. Like Lockie Ferguson, he's a pretty quick bowler. If he can get get like nice variations like he did against Josh Butler, um, if he can get that more, more common in his... Uh, in his uh, Arsenal, then he'll be even better. I just think uh, Lockheed is a great bowler, but he's just been expensive at times. Yeah, no, that, that's fair to say. That's fair to say. Uh, I think we'll go on to um, Nicholas Puran. Uh, seven out of ten for me. Batting wise, he hasn't really scored a lot of runs. But in the Sunrisers Hyderabad team, his role is mainly a keeper because he comes in like five. And as we've mentioned before, a lot of the times the um, Sunrisers have been winning their matches by like um, eight, eight wickets, seven wickets. So he just comes in and he doesn't get much time to score anyway. Like in one of his innings, like 31 off like 20 or something. Apart from that, he hasn't had any significant innings. And that's OK because the top order is doing so well. And the fact that he's just not getting the opportunity. So I'm pretty you know, reasonably OK with him, but not amazing. But seven out of ten should suffice for him. What do you think, um, Zaid? I've given a six out of ten because I just feel what's the point of having Puran or any, any batsman for that matter? If you're not even going to use him, you know, why not just like add to your bowling department even more? If you're, you're, if you're, if you're in every match, Sunrisers, they're able to 
finish the game up pretty quickly, not quickly, sorry, with lots of wickets in hand. They're not really using Puran that much. And obviously he hasn't scored enough, but obviously, as you said, he hasn't needed to. But what's the point of having him decide then? Why not just like um, have uh, strengthen your bowling attack even further? So maybe have someone who can keep at the top, uh, you know. Like, I just think there's not really enough point having him there. Mm. Yeah, and I, I can understand why you'd say that, but to be fair, if he doesn't get, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to mess up the formula that that, that first sunrises that's been working. If it, if it isn't working, you can try and keep the team as similar as possible. Obviously, change it according to condition. So I, I think that's the main reason why sunrises haven't, you know, try and add it to the bowling and things because I think they've got the perfect balance here. In case they start losing wickets quickly, they still have someone like Baran who can accelerate. But obviously, we haven't seen enough of him yet to really get a proper judgment. So that's a tough one. Uh, Harsha Patel, who um, was bought by Royal Challengers, Challengers Bangalore for 10, uh, 10 crore, uh, 10.75 crore. Uh, for him, for me, I'd say 7 out of 10. Eight wickets, uh, an economy of 7.29. It's the economy that I think is the best. And um, that that for a pace bowler, and he has, he's not the fastest, to be fair, but he's, that's a good economy. He shows he has a decent amount of control over the games. Eight wickets is nice as well. He's not your main strike bowler, so it's fine. But to be fair, his high, last season, I think he got 30-something wickets. So it's nowhere near up to standards of last season. So that is there's been a bit of a drop-off. But nevertheless, that was a pretty exceptional season. So that, that might have been like a rare odd one out. He's still effective, though. Well, how about you? What would you? What are your th- thoughts about Harsha Patel? I mean, I've actually given him a 9 out of 10 really because I might look too generous here. But I think he's just a huge asset for RCB. We saw him last year. Um, dude, like he, he just did too good there. Like, he got so many wickets, and for this year especially, I think he's just there. Like he's not the main strike bowler for RCB this year, but he's more like the, that main bowler in the middle overs. I just think he's there to just not uh, leak runs in those middle overs, especially, and even the in the death. You know, he, he's a very good bowler. He's been learning, you know, variations or whatever. But I think he, he's just hugely important for RCB in the middle overs and. He's just there, really. He's almost like doing a job of a spinner, sort of like in the in the middle overs, just like uh, restrain the runs. Not not worried about wickets, but yeah, if he gets wickets, that's great. But he's, I just think he's a huge asset for us. I think um, we're going to see him take more wickets, you know, in the coming years. I just think he's really he's really important in the middle overs. Mm. See, and his performances so far haven't really justified the score, uh, the, the amount of money they pay. A uh, Royal Challengers Bangalore pay for him. So uh, that's the only reason I gave that low score. But maybe, yeah, future-wise, I think it's looking pretty good. Next, we'll go on to Wanindu Hasaranga. Uh, he was probably, after his performances on the international stage, was, was one of the most hyped-up players, I think, in terms of, like, for the uh, mega auction. He was, I think there was a lot of people who knew he was going to go for high, a high amount of money. But 10.75 crores is a lot of money. And I was actually surprised he went for this much. So that's good. That's just well done for him. And uh, I would give him an 8 out of 10, just courtesy of his 11 wickets. Uh, honestly, I think the economy does need to improve. 8.6 for a spinner, in my opinion, for his skill, it's just really too high. If you look at Rashid Khan, who also is very skillful, obviously he's a little bit more experienced. We have like 100, get, I think, uh, IPL games or something online to that. You know, or was it 100 20 games? I'm not really sure. But um, 8.6 economy. Rashid Khan's, I think, this season has been like something like 6.6. And that just shows the gulf in terms of like control over the innings that um, 
Rashid Khan has in comparison to Wanindu Hasaranga. Obviously, they're two different styles of leg spinners, but I think Wanindu Hasaranga has to look long-term on trying to dominate the game a little bit more, trying to control the innings, because as a leg spinner in the middle overs, that's what you expect, especially uh, in India as well. You know, we've seen Chahal, for example, who's just been, you know, that's another role of his. And um, I think he's just re- looked like he's he's really dominated the game. And um, Wanindu Hasaranga has, just, has to look at dominating the middle overs a bit more. Habi, what do you think a good rating for him is? What a fair rating for him is? Yeah, I've agreed with you here. I've gone with 8 out of 10 as well. I just think he's looked, he's looked good, especially in the international stage. But in this IPL, I think he needs to restrict the batsman more. He's got to load that economy. He's, he, he's got an excellent googly. You know, he's, he, he's, he's almost like a mystery spinner. Like he, yeah, batsmen find it hard to pick him. But he's just been a little bit expensive at times. So I think he, he's got to uh, try and restrict the batsman even more. Yeah, so um, I, I agree. You've pretty much summed it up. There's not really much to say about that one. But Shadul Thakur, um, six out of ten for him, four wickets only, which has just been shocking, and nine point five nine economy. Both stats have been pretty bad. He hasn't played all the matches though, so that's something to consider. But you know, the economy itself, you know, for a pace bowler, for a skillful pace bowler, I just don't think that's up to his standards. And you know, he's really got to sort himself out. Uh, he hasn't had the full most opportunities, but he hasn't taken the opportunities. That he was given, so that's just that's another thing. Uh, he's just really got to be um, uh, he's just got to be uh more um, consi- he's just got to be more consistent. Got to take more wickets. Got to take his opportunities. Otherwise, he might there might not be much more of a chance. You know, it's just he's really got to be more um. Whenever he gets a chance, he's got to perform, and that's something that all IPL players need to do. Otherwise, they could easily you know the following seasons or even in that season just get dis dis uh, discarded. Uh, what is your rating for him, Zaid? I'm um, going with five out of ten. He's hardly going to be wickets, and it's, it's it's too much of an economy because, like, he as a bowler, you've got to have even a skillful bowler, you've got to have at least one of those um that's doing well. You know, either get wickets or have a low economy. You know, something like Rashid Khan, for example, he's not getting many wickets this season, but his economy is excellent. He's restricting batsmen. Um, also like uh, he's Chahal, he's getting plenty of wickets. And he, his economy is a little high, but it's still, he's getting loads of wickets. So, Harold Akon has done neither of those. And he, he just, he's just got to, like, do one of them. If he's going to, if he's got, if he, I just think 5 out of 10 is really fair for me. Like, he obviously hasn't played uh, all of the games, but it's just not been really good to his standard. Mm. I just looked now, um, he's taken uh, four wickets so far this season. Last season, um, he took in, six, uh, in the entire IPL, 21 wickets so there's a huge difference in terms of performances and that's a big drop-off and we've seen that with a lot of players like Harsha Patel for example a big drop-off Shadow Thicker Avesh Khan has been pretty good as well he's still been good you don't have to reach the highs that was the best uh, his season for him but you still need to be aiming to get 15 wickets per season I think that's a good title for such a uh, pretty good bowler like him anyway I think we'll go on to Liam Livingston uh, I'd say 8 out of 10 is fair for him. He scored a good amount of runs, but obviously completely overshadowed by Josh Butler. But the real question is, is can he become more consistent? And can he can sustain that? Because I honestly, I think I've sort of seen a drop-off in him. You know, it, you know, he scored 60 off 33, which is very good for one innings. After that, a couple of low scores. Can he continue scoring runs? And that's something that uh, Punjab Kings really need. And we've talked about their batting fragility. And if he can obviously swing the bat and, you know, score quickly, but also stay in the entire innings, and then he'll be the perfect batsman if he can do that. And he can, you know, sort of elevate himself to a whole other level. What is your rating for him, Zaid? Yeah, I'm going with nine and a half out of ten because I just think he he I think he settled in nicely after a bit of a dodgy start. I just think 
he's doing his role like perfectly. Sometimes he comes in, uh, he's got time and he just powers his way through to like a 50 or 60. Sometimes he's batting near the end and uh, he's just, he hasn't got too much time. So he, he even does a couple of low scores like that, he's still looking like, for example, a 19 of 10, for example. Like something like that. He's getting a good strike rate in. And I just think he's doing his job exactly what uh, his team wants of him. I just think he's doing really well and just... I just think I'm giving him nine out of ten. Sorry, nine and a half. I just think he's settled in really nicely in Saipio. To be fair, considering the fact that he's been giving free free reign to hit as hard as he can, but considering the predicament that Punjab Kings find him in terms of their batting lack of consistency and lack of you know solidity in their batting, do you think he should really be trying to aim for nineteen or to consistently gain nineteen of ten? Do you think that's really enough into for a player of his standard, or do you think he should be really going for you know? 50s off 30, 35, which is okay, and then build up, like how Josh Butler's been doing. That's kind of like, I don't think that's him, because if he, if he wants to be like Josh Butler, he should open the batting, and, like, which, which is just, just not him. Like, he, we might, um, like, Liam Lewiston, he's not an opening batsman. I just don't think, that's just not what he's there for. Like, Punjab Kings, if, if they want to change up something, I don't think there's, there's nothing wrong with Liam Lewiston, the player. There might be something wrong with uh, what where um the sort of like place he has in the team, but that's the team problem. They they got sort that out. I just think as a player, he's just he's doing a job. What he's there, uh, what he's good at, what he's great at, he's doing that fine. Fair enough. Yeah, I think you. Yeah, that's a pretty good argument. I think yeah, it's just more of a, a team and captain and selectors issue really. Uh, now we're going to top three. Trez Ayer. He was bought up by. He was uh. He was bought by, I think it was, I think it was KKR, uh, bought him for 12.25 crores, a lot of money now. We're starting to get into really high amounts, you know, um, this is a significant amount of money. He scored quite a few runs. Yeah, he's done some good innings, not really up to standard that we see in international cricket. But captaincy-wise, you know, sort of being as captain, losing four in a row, I think now, you know, sort of going from the second in the table, now falling into mid-table. Do you think? Do you think? Do you think he's done good enough for his like amount of money that that they pay that um KKR pay for him? The simple answer is no. I don't think so because like the he's, he's done well with the bat, but nothing incredible. You know, like he's not been he's not done anything near Joss Butler or like, he's not very good. But captaincy is questionable. Like at times his captaincy hasn't been up to the mark. He's made some weird decisions which doesn't don't make sense. So. I don't think that's not like that's just too much money. Like I don't think he's performed that much, that that well. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's fair. Um, what was your rating for Shreyas Iyer? Oh, yeah, I, I gave him a seven because like seven, as I said, he's he's yeah, he's done well. Yeah, that's fair. The second is Deepak Chahar. We can't really give him a rating. I've given him uh, not not really like not really a, no rating whatsoever, just because he's been a back injury ruled him out of IPL twenty twenty two. However, you know, he's not on a one-year contract. No one really is, but because uh, he's bought this uh, this um, auction, they, he's on a contract for more than a year. So next season we'll see him, and uh, and I think he could be sort of the the key to CSK. You know, because um, he, he was bought by CSK. Uh, I forgot to mention that fourteen crore. I think he sort of be the key to CSK's performances next season. You know, sort of freshening up their bowling attack, like just giving them something more. And um, yeah, he's they paid a lot of money for him because he's a very talented bowler and he's uh, normally open. So I think we'll see a lot from him next season. How do you feel about Deepak Chahar for next season, Zaid? Yeah, I think he's a very good bowler. Like obviously, it's, it's unfortunate that uh, Chennai can't have him have him this year. 
Um, but he's a great bowler, and I just think he he will come back next year or the year after. He will come back strong, right? He's just been injury this year. It happens, you know. It's some all fast bowlers go through like an injury period, but um, I just think he's a wonderful bowler. Love his hand. I just think he'll, he'll come back with a bang next year. Yeah. So finally, I think we'll talk about Ishan Kishan, who was the top, um, the most expensive player for the um, the mega auction IPL 2022, 15.25 crore, which is a huge amount of money. Uh, honestly, I put a 7.5 out of 10, but now I'm thinking about it, I think more 6.5 out of 10 is re- realistic, just because, yeah, he's been the top scorer. At, no, no, he's not even the top scorer anymore. He was the top scorer for uh, Mumbai Indians, but now I think it's Tilak Sharma, who's just been, you know, a sort of an un, uh, newly found player, you know, scored nearly 250 runs now. Ishan Kishan, he's, he's sort of the type of guy, when he start, stops scoring or starts scoring slower and just doesn't score it, he just sort of gets, he becomes more rash and he just gets out really quickly. His strike rate, this, uh, in the first two IPL matches where he scored nearly 140 runs, was like something like 150. And, and then after that, his strike rate's been lower than 100. It's just been shocking. You know, he's not scored, there's not actually been a single innings in like the last six or something or five where he's scored um, above 100 strike rate. And that's horrible for an opener. The CS, uh, sorry, Mumbai Indians is still keeping faith in him just purely because they don't have any other better talent in the bag. So they don't have anyone else to replace him with. And I think his performance has just been like, there's no point scoring the first two games of the season because they lost those two games. When they really need him, he's not scoring. So I'm just, and it's just been a complete fault by the, uh, complete collapse by the Mumbai Indians team. And Ishan Kishan is part of it. So 6.5 out of 10, I think it's just good enough for him. I don't think he deserves much, like in terms of performances is not much better, but he is a very good batsman still. Like you can't take away his talent. He's like one of India's future stars, hundred percent. How about you? What do you think about um, Ishan Kishan Zaid? Yeah, I, I've gone, uh, I've gone with a seven. I, I think he, that's just too much money for him really. He, like he's such a young player. You pay that much money. Like he must have a little bit of pressure really. Like you got, he, you've, been, you've been paid that much money and difficult as he's he such a young day. So, I think he's been slightly inconsistent, but as you said, there's no no other uh not no other batsman to really go by. So I'm gonna say out of ten, he looked decent, but still young. Yeah, I, I agree that you know there is always this a pressure. You know, he's really uh, he's a young player, he's just he's not a bad player either. Everyone knows how good he is. But when Mumbai is struggling this much, you need someone to shine up. If the captain can't do it, but he's been on bad form, Roshan's been on bad form for like nearly two years now. Ishak Kishan hasn't, and he's a young talent, and he's got more, you know, types of he's more versatile, I think. So, you know, we hopefully we can see a change from him, but you know, eight out of eight losses, Ishan Kishan hasn't really contributed that much. Tilak Sharma's probably been their best player this season. Uh, overall, and um, you know, Ishan Kishan needs to start performing, but nevertheless, there is still hope. You know, he's hundred percent in the in the bag for playing for uh, in being a future opener for India. Once people like Rohit Sharma retire, Virat Kohli retire, possibly in the next couple of years, those type, uh, he's hundred percent in the mix. Ishan Kishan, maybe as an opener or number four, possibly for is where I see him. Anyway, that's it from our um, episode today. If you d- did like the uh, the part where we rated the top 10 most expensive signings, please comment who you think you would, uh, is the best uh, player out of those top 10. Who you think has had the largest impact on their team's uh, season and their team's performances. Anyway, thank you, Zoe. That's the end of this episode. And we'll see you in the next one.